up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. No, no, Phil. No, no. No, no. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Actually, let's do that again. I feel like I always say pretty good, and it's, it bothers me. No, sometimes you <laughs> sometimes you say fantastic, I think. Or maybe you, know, maybe you just have fine a, or pretty good. Maybe you just have a different inflection, like, yeah, pretty good. I don't know. Somebody I, tells me you're going to leave this so, in, so, and I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> sometimes you say you're doing great. I'm, I'm so good <laughs> this morning. Well, yeah, you do that, too. The, the there you go. You know what it is. Yeah. Good. I'm 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 glad you're good. That's great. Yeah. How are you doing? No, I'm doing just fine, Phil. I'm good. I think. I'm a little <laughs> tired. Little little uh little worn out. That mountain time zone getting getting to you. So I was on a I was on a Zoom call with some colleagues on Friday. Okay. Of last week, and there was like I don't know, like probably twenty people on the call, and I did it here at the house, and I was just like. I mean, I got this podcast studio, so I just did it in here. <laughs> like three different people during the call texted me, and they were like, dude, how is your audio so good? <laughs> like, you just sound super clean, like silky smooth. And like, you can see, you know, because obviously we're doing this video chat, you and me, but it's dark in here. Yeah. I've got a black backdrop on behind me and and on the sides you know, covered with these acoustic tiles. And then I've got this like, this like sound muffling curtain behind me. And so it's just like black all the way around. And I've got my ring light that shines on my face. And so it's just very contrasted to like your typical Zoom call, you know, either like in their living room or maybe their office or kitchen table, whatever. So I thought that was going to give it away. People were going to be like, dude, where are you? That's so so weird. Like, where are you? Uh, but no, it, uh, nobody nobody even batted an eye at that. But then I started talking. And then people <laughs> were just like, wait, how do you sound so good? Anyways, podcast closets, good for podcasting, great for Zoom calls. That's what I always say. So I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but during the Third Punic War, Rome would salt the villages of Carthage after they defeated them to make sure that their crops wouldn't grow back. Is that not messed up? Like they would just dump a bunch of salt on their crops after after battle and be like, well, good luck coming back without food. Yeah. I don't know kind of s- a dick move. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what to say to that. It's not very nice, I guess, right? <laughs> it's kind of mean. Like it's it's a little bit mean. You'd probably yeah. you'd probably put your kids in timeout if they salted your yard because salt <laughs> does. You ever, uh, salt kills things that are growing. That being the thing. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever do that as a prank? Like pour a bunch of salt in like someone's I don't know iced tea <laughs> or whatever. Oh, just, oh, sure, just to yeah. Get them, yeah, sure. So Done fun. that. I, I thought you were gonna say like, did you ever as a prank go like right on somebody's yard with salt? Okay. I was thinking no, but I could totally see you doing that, like crop circles. Almost. Yeah, I was thinking smiley faces, but that's on the bucket list now. <laughs> it wasn't five minutes ago, but it is now. But yes, we're talking about salt. Having the whole episode devoted to salt because it is so important, and we all love it. And it's like I said, it's been around forever. Chris thinks it's underrated, and um, I can get on board with that. So 
So salt. Yeah, I think it is. It's very much a foundational ingredient that we use, but maybe don't really think about. I mean, you use it in like pretty much every meal that you make. There are very, very few things that you make that don't have salt in it. And if there's a lot that you make that doesn't have salt in it, it probably doesn't taste that great. Yeah, and salt is, it's probably in things that you don't know it's in, wouldn't you say? Like you you may not be personally salting your short ribs or whatever it is that you're making, but there, there might actually be some salt somewhere in, in your dish. I definitely think so. Yeah, I've still been on a little bit of a cocktails kick, and it's interesting to see how many nowadays use a bit of a saline solution, like a few drops of a saline solution. And I was, I was actually looking at a, another drink recipe and like they were talking about why they were using it in that drink to, to like cut some of the bitterness, not necessarily to make it salty. So like oftentimes salt in a dish, it's not going to stand out. So it's easy to not know if it's being used. Interesting. Like, would you, would you put a few drops in your cocktail and then, and then put a few drops in your eyes, a little bit of saline solution in your eyes? No, not for you. Not pro- your jam. Pro- probably not. No. I'm going to use something different, Phil, I think. That's okay. Okay. If you drink your contact so, solution, that's fine. Wasn't that in, um, that was in a movie. Oh, it was in Wedding Crashers. Owen Wilson's character pours a bunch of contact solution in Bradley Cooper's character's drink, and he ends up getting sick from it. So uh, That would have been Visine. Yeah, right. Visine. Yeah, so there you go. A little different. Yeah, like that that definitely can mess you up. <laughs> okay, so there are there are a lot of different types of salt that we use. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little salty, <laughs> so I say let's just dive right in. I, I do think that there's a lot that we can dive into. So salt, like when did we start using it? Well, it's been around forever. It was used as some food preservation techniques for pretty much all of time minus the last hundred years because we've got i mean bit, all of time that like humans were a little bit more like eating else. things but yeah yeah it was it was uh used to preserve meats and and props to our forefathers i think they did a pretty good job so yeah we definitely like touched a little bit on that in our bacon episode as well as the carbonara just bacon i mean you know it it definitely started out as like a, a heavily cured meat, and it still it still is often cured with slightly different processes. But yeah, that's that's kind of really what they were doing is just like salting salting the meat to cure it and preserve it. So other than preservational purposes, Phil, do we use salt for anything else? Maybe I don't know. It tastes really really good. Yeah, I think so. Most of the time, I don't know. Yeah, I like it, salt it, actually. It's a flavor enhancer. I've heard it described as a change agent, which I think is kind of cheesy, but it's 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 a flavor enhancer. So a change agent, like how? Like it takes something that's not salty and it makes it salty. It's changed it, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think I think what's interesting about salt is people think about putting salt on something and then it instantly being just crazy overly salted and like super salty. But they're kind of is that a little bit of like a tradition of putting salt on something like a, a fresh cut tomato, like a slice of a tomato and eating that, or salting a watermelon and eating that. and Or a grapefruit. Yeah, that You've not weird. done that? No, no. Oh, it's delicious. I think my preferred grapefruit is like brown sugar and then tossed under a broiler. What? I've not done that. I'll do that if you salt your grapefruit. Okay, so... You could, like, each have two halves of grapefruits, mine is salted, and yours is brown sugar. Done the right way. 
and then we'll put them together. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like one of those oh, necklaces. And like ruined. Two heart. <laughs> okay. So like, like BFFs I, <laughs> forever. So like mentally, like I think of a salted grapefruit and I think of what I think a lot of people think of like with salt and watermelon, you think of like the salty taste and then the watermelon taste, but that's not necessarily like what salt in appropriate amounts does. It's not like a spice. It's not something. And I guess that's what we mean when we talk about it being a flavor enhancer is that it's not, it's not Mm -hmm. like pepper where pepper is, is actually adding flavor and it's, and it's changing the flavor where salt kind of like we were talking about. Like there's so many, so many different things that will have that have salt in them. And you, you can't necessarily pick that salt out. You can't say, oh, like this, this has been really like dramatically changed by the salt, unless it's just ridiculously oversalted, but it, it brings out more of that flavor. So my guess is that the, with a grapefruit, if you salt it, it's probably going to like play down the bitterness of the grapefruit and bring more of the, the citrus flavors out. But I've, I haven't had that. Is that kind of like, how would you describe what it does? Yeah, I think so. I've never really put any thought to it. I just saw my grandfather do it. And so I did it once and it was good. I really liked it and I'll continue doing it. Okay. And I think you will too once you try okay. it. Next time. But you're right. You know, a lot of times we think of like if you if you taste a dish uh, that you're cooking and you, you might say like, mm, I think this needs some cumin or yeah, like it just needs like some pepper to like make it pop. But Salt does so much more than give it like it's it's not like this singular flavor that kind of comes out when you add it to a dish. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's yeah, no, yeah. English language. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I saw a funny video on that today. Like the t- discerning the difference between like yeah, no, 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 yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it was, was kind of ridiculous, but yes, yeah, it's it's not adding its own flavor on top of everything else. It's helping to bring out what's already there and kind of merge it together and create this harmony. Maybe, yeah, it's it's something that like you you might not necessarily notice it, and and you probably shouldn't notice it. It's there and appropriately balanced i guess like you might notice if it's overly salted but you're definitely going to notice it if there is no salt just because there's going to be like a lack of flavor it's going to be a lot more bland so that being said there are so many different types of salt i didn't really kind of again like most things until until my wife educated me i didn't realize there were so many different types (laughs) of salt and like so there's so much uniqueness to the different types of salt i don't know what's, what's your favorite salt phil Ice cream salt. Okay. Does it, is it tasty? <laughs> no, it's the worst, but you can make ice cream from it. And that's not the worst. So like have you ever have you ever actually just tasted ice cream salt by itself? Yeah, no. Well the, the, the rock crystals are like yeah, like half an inch. You could throw it on your driveway. <laughs> Maybe not quite that large. Yeah, it's basically used to de-ice things, yeah. which is why it works in, in ice cream because it, you know, I'm not going to go through that process. This isn't an episode on how to make ice cream, but you should go make ice cream because it's super good. Homemade ice cream is the best. Yeah, like when I was when I was thinking of, like when I would think of as salt, or at least when I was growing up, what I would think of as salt would be the table salt, you know, and the little salt shaker. Yeah, just iodized salt. It was iodized salt. It was, it was, it was all around, always around the... Morton's? That was the one that, like, everybody had. It was, like... Uh, I think so. The, the person in yeah. the, with the umbrella. Mor- yeah, like the little girl with the umbrella yeah, 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 that's, yeah. like, spilling out. Except, like, the salt that I, you know, can think of growing up always had, like, little rice kernels in it. Oh, yeah. Are, is rice a kernel? And, like, I never really understood why. And I never really fully understood... Why even? Honestly, Chris, full disclosure, I didn't know why my grandparents put 
rice in their salt shaker up until about two hours ago when I started researching this episode. Keep keep things from caking together, clumping whatever. Which yeah, moisture that was, can that was do. It. Moisture can do. So it would just absorb that extra moisture if there was any. And, and that was the reason. But yeah, I never, I guess like you, like I never thought of salt as something more than just those little salt shakers. And we were always taught to never add salt like without tasting it first because you don't want to offend your grandmother who just made this beautiful meal but we always did (laughs) we always added salt to the dish yeah like it goes so much deeper than that and there's there's sea salts and there's kosher salts and there's pretty big difference between the two and then you've got uh, mined salt which can get pretty exciting and, and i guess we can talk about that too but sea salt is kind of a funny one because when I first started getting into like this idea of sea salt, I, I thought it was kind of gimmicky, you know, like, okay. and I wonder how much yeah. money has been made off of the backs of sea salt, you know, like they just put sea salt on the, on the label and then, you know, they're selling all, all kinds of quantities of salt when it's really just iodized salt, but it's not. It's actually way better and it's delicious. So as it turns out, sea salt is like this beautiful little crystal and it's really quite remarkable. Like you can you can just, you know, dehydrate some some ocean water and, and you've got some sea salt. Is it that simple? No, it's a little more complicated than that. But yeah, it's like literally extracting the salt from from the ocean water. Really, I guess any bodies of water that contain salt it doesn't have to be the ocean. I don't wanna do wanna exclude uh our friends over in Great Utah. Salt over Lake. There. Yeah. Yeah. But um there's other ways you can take some some seaweed. You can harvest the seaweed and then let that dry out. And then you're going to have like little salt crystals that flake off of it. And that gets really exciting because you can apparently, I have not done this, but you can like buy specific salt from specific types of seaweed. And I guess there's like okay. a thousand different types of seaweed, maybe more. I don't know. But like apparently already. it changes the flavor and really, really fascinating. What was that? <laughs> I said already. Already. <laughs> So is that the type of salt that you guys typically use at home? It's the type of salt that we would probably finish a dish with. But in terms of cooking, I think we were going to use a kosher salt. Any any reason there? Just like, and the reason you, we would use a kosher salt like kosher is salt. it's, it's Again, popular in cooking. And so I, I read that somewhere. <laughs> and so we did it. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Well, it's like easier to grab. Like if you're gonna, like we have a little little ramekin dish yeah, next to our yeah. stovetop, and like when we when I kind of first started out with cooking, I would just take some table salt and I would take a little pinch, and then I would pour that in or, or like dust it in. Yeah, it's hard to it's, get a pinch of iodized salt. It's hard to get a pinch of it, but I don't know about you. Like when I watch these cooking shows and I I see you know like the chefs or whatever grab what they consider a pinch of salt. And it looks like they're dumping. It's a handful of salt, Phil. (laughs) A handful of salt. And I'm like, there's no way you would put that much salt inside your dish without ruining it. But they seem to love it. Like, are they just faking it on camera? Oh, this is so good. And then they're like cutting to them, like puking or whatever (laughs) off off camera. But no, as it turns out, table salt is super, super salty. Those fine crystals are going to have so much Salt and so is sea salt, yeah. actually. Sea salt has a pretty high salinity. And, and so is sea salt, but kosher salt is like so great to cook with because it's easy to grab and it's not that salty. You can you can really measure out. There's like more room for error, I would say, with kosher salt. Yeah, yeah. You're very much less likely to oversalt something with, with kosher salt, I feel like. Do it's, you know why they call it kosher salt? I'm, I might. Do you? I do. Then our listeners should know, too. 
Everybody okay. knows. It's not actually because it's, you know, like kosher in, in and of itself. Right. The salt itself yeah. isn't kosher. It's used for- It's just salt. Making things kosher. Correct. I want to say like extraction of blood on meat cuts. Yeah, that's like what the I found. It's thing. basically just used to extract blood from me, from what I understand, to make it kosher. So. so, yeah, I would say like kosher salt is actually probably the salt that we use the most in cooking at home for us. And, you know, you said that you tend to use sea salt at the end more so. And actually, I was, I was uh, talking with Molly and we were just talking about like w- at what point to salt a dish. And like one of the thoughts is definitely to, to salt it earlier on, especially like w- with your cooking salt. So you're... you're you're cooking salt, you salt early on, and that's the salt that's going to be enhancing the flavors of your dish. And then you have a finishing salt that you use at the end that has possibly some more like unique or interesting flavors that you don't necessarily want to get like kind of drowned out in the overall flavors of the dish. I've noticed that even with something as simple as scrambled eggs. So I always used to finish my scrambled eggs with salt. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think you can have some nice finished salt on a scrambled egg, but... You mean, like, just sprinkling over the top or mixing it in at the very end? That's that's what I would do. I would sprinkle it over the top at the end. But more recently, I will make it, like, at the beginning of, of preparation. Like, after I've whisked the eggs before I actually cook them, that's when I add the salt. I don't really know, like, why necessarily, but I just think it turns out better. Yeah. I actually don't add salt to my scrambled eggs. Like, I I don't actually incorporate it into the scrambled eggs. But I do throw some finishing salt at the end. Okay. I feel like finishing salt is something, another one of those things that I I just really hadn't encountered. And, like, the idea of finishing salt is a thing. And I think it's another one of those really... Like interesting, simple ingredients that it makes a dish feel a lot more polished and refined just with that simple addition at the end. And so we end up using like a finishing salt on so much, like almost everything. So even just a really simple arugula salad with like a vinaigrette on it, you throw some finishing salt on it and it feels just so much more elevated. But I'll do that with my eggs also, just some flaky salt. Did you know that the word salad literally means salted? I didn't. Yeah. yeah, it comes what, from, uh, language. according to Wikipedia, it comes from the ancient Roman practice of salting vegetables. Okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should have a salad episode, Phil. That's a great idea. That's a really, ooh, I like that. Dude, we've been super into salad lately. Like, we'll Entirely. do salad bar. Yeah. My girls love it. Like, we've done salad bar, I want to say three times in the last month. And it's, like, been their favorite meal. Really? It's so good. I think it's, I I guess, kind of like the charcuterie thing, like the act of being able to top your own salad and then talking about it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm going to put pepperoni on my salad. Oh, yeah. Watch me put a thousand pepperonis on my salad. So, I don't know. Kids are fun. A little little more interactive there, yeah. They like salads. Yeah. So, do you guys have any finishing salt with your uh, salad bar there? We we will after this episode. (laughs) I know we've talked about it before and maybe like people have kind of wondered exactly what it is, but Malden salt, it's a specific salt brand, but it's a finishing salt. It's, it's like a really large crystal, almost flaky salt that is, is like super mellow and bright and clean tasting, but that's, that's a salt that you're going to be able to, you know, toss over really just about anything at the end 
end of uh, like your plating of your dish, and it's gonna add like a really nice crunch. It's not gonna oversalt things because it's it's like a really mild salt. But that's that's kind of one of our go-to's. It's it's not like especially in terms of finishing salts like overly expensive, but I think it adds a lot. Is Malden salt? I I, I thought I was seeing. Is it only sea salt, or does or can it be other types too? So Malden. Most, like a lot of finishing salts are actually, they are sea salts, but they're harvested in a different okay. way. So the, and in specific places. So like Malden is, is hard, it's a UK salt and yeah, just the kind of where and how they harvest it. They get these like very specific salt crystals, but it's like a really low salinity salt. Oh, this is like the fleur de sel salt? Fleur de sel is different than the Malden salt. Okay. Malden is a specific brand, but they're they're really similar. They they look similar in that they're like these large, irregular geometric shapes. They're not quite flakes. There is like flaky salt out there that's actually like thin flakes, where like a fleur de sel and a Malden are a bit thicker. A Malden's going to be a lot lighter. It's kind of that, that light clean. It's also really white, where a fleur de sel is a little more gray and has... Uh, uh, more salinity, so it's it's gonna have more flavor, a different flavor profile, and it's a whole lot more expensive on the whole than Malden, oh, okay. Malden is. And then there's like Celtic sea salt, and that's like popular in France, and I think that's also gonna be like a darker, grayer color. Yeah, well, fleur de sel is usually French, okay, as is something Naturally. like like a salt gris, and that's gonna be darker as well. Yeah, there's I think there's even like a lot of really interesting kind of finishing salt brands that are coming out as well. What would be something you would not put your Malden salt on? A birthday cake. <laughs> a birthday cake. Okay. Phil, I would not I put Malden feel salt like, on a birthday cake. I feel like you would. Especially not their smoked salt because they have a smoked salt, which is amazing. Oh, we actually have this little collection of like flavored salts. We have a smoked salt. We have a red pepper type salt. Uh, is it is it Jacobson? No, it's like Jacob. a local place here to uh, Charleston. Okay. It's super good. Yeah, there's there's like a, a brand called Jacobson Salt Company out of Portland, and they they do a lot of really interesting kind of flavor salts like that. Yeah, you know, companies will like come out with all these really unique flavors to things, and they don't really have to. Like, I don't want to over flavor the dish, but from time to time, I think it's fun to do that. Yeah, change up change up the flavor flavor of your scrambled eggs. Well, a Malden's not going to change the flavor, so I would highly recommend it. Like I will, we, I will do it. We keep two jars of salt next to our stove. There's like the the kosher and then there's a smaller jar of Malden. And sometimes I'll literally just sit there and eat the Malden by itself. You should really try ice cream salt. No, it's just okay. sit there and dude, it'll crack your teeth. Okay, how about how about Himalayan salt? I think it's fine. I we've definitely used it from time to time like in a grinder. I don't know. I think it's fine. I don't know if I've sat... I haven't sat down and done a, a like straight taste test. I know it's supposed to have like a little bit of a different flavor, but I don't know if I've ever been able to pick it out. I actually just did a taste test right before we started recording this, and it's almost identical to just like your run-of-the-mill sea salt. Actually, that's an oxymoron because sea salt doesn't come from mills or mines, but you get the idea. Run-of-the-harvest. It's harvest. very similar to sea salt. There you go. <laughs> but it does have like almost a little tiny bit of a bolder flavor which i feel like you could not to knock himalayan salt because i think they do some really good work over there in the himalayas but i feel like you could compensate that bolder flavor in a himalayan salt by just adding more sea salt (laughs) yeah i suppose i don't know yeah but it is pretty i would think i I would only use himalayan salt 
as a finishing salt on top of your pretty. vanilla ice cream because yeah oh it's yeah nice and pink and you can see it vanilla ice cream birthday cake yeah well you could use both the himalayan salt and the malden salt especially the smoked malden because smoked salt over vanilla yeah wait have you ever done that no yes no i don't know what i'm supposed to say in um <laughs> well you can put salt on vanilla ice cream i think you can totally put salt on like a scoop of vanilla ice cream and what, i think you can really what, enhance that flavor it's what, be good. What, what about birthday cake though you're still doing the sweet and salty i don't think i have a problem with it i mean i think <laughs> okay. it would be a little weird if you went if you went to a birthday party <laughs> and they served cake and you you just salted it oh man that'd be hilarious just, just sprinkle some big old flakes on top yeah it would be like grandma's cooking when you immediately reach for that salt salt shaker before actually tasting it. You just get yeah. more birthday cake flavor, Phil. That kid's mom would be super offended. Molly makes all the birthday cake for the birthday parties that we go to, which are my niece's birthday parties. So, right. so then Molly would be offended. <laughs> if your nieces listen to dad's kitchen, we could give them some ideas. I'm just saying. We could. We've also got pickling salt. Okay. I don't know if I really want to get into that. It's really just like ultra fine grain to make brine. So different than iodized salt, though. In yeah, that I think so. It, in that it doesn't have iodine in it. Would be my guess. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually really uh, encountered pickling salt. But then salt, I think you so. would like pulverize it. Like you would, you would take that iodine-less iodine salt and you would just like do a, like a mortar and pestle like with it. Maybe salt powder it. Yeah, some salt powder. Okay. And then maybe when Molly's making those birthday cakes, she can grab her confectioner's sugar, and you can be like, "Wait, that's actually pickling salt." Or don't say anything at all and see what happens. Well, I'm sure the pickling salt would, would like uh, complement the the smoked malden salt on top. She's gonna be laughing when she hears this because she's gonna be like. You don't use confectioner sugar in a birthday cake. Or maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you hooked on the mold and salt, Phil. That's all. <laughs> we are giving some really good ideas to our listeners, though. And if you want more good ideas, jump over to our Instagram at Dad's Kitchen Co. And you can also ruin your loved one's dishes with salt. Oh.